Hey everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host slash technician. With me as always is the co-host slash talking head. Bob. That's about all you do. Bob. John. And uh, today we kind of wanted to, you know, cover a topic that we've covered in the past, but also we kind of wanted to like tie it together. You know, we want to talk about burnout, but we also want to talk about, you know, when is burnout too much and when is it just another part of your path you know i mean every athlete is going to go through burnout at some point in their career some point in their training everything you know but i mean anything that you do you should always do with passion you know i'm a firm believer of the old adage you know if it's worth doing it's worth doing well yeah so to me i mean passion is everything to me man i don't have a job i don't have a career i have a lifestyle and i'm lucky enough to be able to pay my bills with that lifestyle and, you know, as a personal trainer, even in my career, I get burnout. You know, but burnout comes in many different facets. And like I said, I think it's just part of the overall path to not only mastery, but to self-discovery in many different avenues. Yeah. That, yeah like, I mean, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like, you know, career-driven folks um, can experience burnout. And, and even that burnout that you experience in your career can affect your passion or affect your because for some people their passion is their career like yeah. yours mm-hmm. um for me my career is a passion uh, what i do is a passion um all the extra stuff that gets lumped into what i normally do sometimes can you know uh force some of that burnout on you mm-hmm. which and kind of rolls into sometimes into your training life and your even your passion uh your, you know, your hobbies or your passions or sports things like that um, sometimes can be affected by that burnout you feel in your career. Um, I know I've certainly felt that before where you're just like, you know, just tired of the monotony and, and, and then that becomes, you start to look at the mon- all the monotony in your life. Like I get up the same time every day. I do the exact same thing. I have that, that pattern. I do the exact same thing every day. I go to work. I go train, I come home, I go to ends every day, every day, every day. So that whole, you know, if you get burnt out in your career, then you start to evaluate everywhere else that you do the same exact thing day in and day out. I get up, I come to work, do the same. I go, mm-hmm. to, the, I go to the gym, I get off, I go lace up my running shoes, I go for a run. Yeah. Um, then before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh. I do the exact same thing every single day of my life, and I'm completely just burnt out on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I can completely get behind that. And that's that's one of the terrible parts about having your career tied into your lifestyle. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, I don't have different avenues for everything. You know, I love working out. I love resistance training. I get paid to help people with that. I love jujitsu. I get paid to teach people jujitsu, you know? So whenever I feel like I'm burning out in my career life, I'm also burning out in my hobby and personal interest life as well. So there's definitely a lot of disconnect with that. But also I think it's kind of a way of pushing me through the burnout faster. You know what I mean? Like we talked about on the podcast before about burnout is one of the things is just go through the motions, man. Right. Like if it's something that you really want to accomplish, you're going to hit burnout. You're going to yeah. hit times where you're just sick of training. You're sick of doing all that stuff. But if you keep going through the motions, 
you're going to feel a lot better with it or take time and step back. You know, yeah. me and the family just got back from vacation and we had a great time down there. I still took my kettlebells with me. I still got my workouts in. I wasn't able to get my runs in that I was planning on just because, you know, if you ever run on a beach vacation, it's first thing in the morning. Uh, you ain't out there when the sun's mm-hmm. hot. So with little man cutting teeth, he literally, we got down there Saturday, Sunday night, he started cutting teeth. So we didn't sleep a full night. We didn't sleep more than three hours at a time until Thursday night. Yeah. And by then, I was like, I'm not getting up and running. It's going to be detrimental to my metabolic right. system if I run while I'm sleep deprived, especially in that kind of heat. But but that was the thing. You know, I mean, I took some bells with me. I didn't hit it hard. You know, all three workouts were probably 60, 70%. You know, because I was on vacation. I still wanted to relax. I didn't want to deal with muscle tightness. I didn't want to deal with soreness. I wanted to drink. I wanted to eat pizza. I wanted to hang out in the sun. Yeah. So that's what I did. But like I said before, I can't go that long without working out. I just don't feel right physically. Right. So I do that. And my wife, you know, she's working on my uh, six-week program. She's actually on week five of my six-week kettlebell program that I'm developing now. And we took a bell for her. She got her workouts in right there in the bedroom. You know, I mean, she didn't need a huge area to do the workouts. So it worked out perfect for her. But at the same time, sometimes you just literally have to step away from everything. You know, I didn't do jujitsu down there. I usually don't do jujitsu on vacations. If we're going on vacation near like a big academy or like near an academy to where I know people, then I'll stop in, say hey to my friends. Or if it's a big academy, you know, I definitely want to check that out. Right. But with this, there was a couple little academies there, but nothing that really piqued my interest with people that I just felt like I needed to train with. So it was good on that, man. But, but yeah, I know I went off on a little bit of a rabbit hole there. Yeah. But still, <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to talk about my vacation, man. It was beautiful. Well, I mean, the weather was great. The I beach mean, was I've, awesome. I've been on, well, we went to the beach on our week-long vacation about, uh, what, two weeks ago? So four weeks ago. Was it four? Three or four. About four. We just got... Oh, just no, you were on again. a training trip. Yeah. Um, so we did our four-week vacation, um, which I, you know, I got out and I did quite a bit of running while I was down there on that vacation, um, especially a lot at, down towards uh, State Park down there. I found some awesome trails and a little bit of elevation here and there for the beach. Um, yeah, I'd say you ain't finding too much elevation yeah, with your randos, and you know, did some body weight stuff. Oh, Lord, there's my midday burn or late later day burnout. Um, <laughs> and then we went. Of course, I had a work conference um, the week before last, and so we made a family, a long family weekend out of that, um, which was it was great. I didn't. I mean, I ran some. Um, not a whole lot, just because yeah. I was, you know, I'm just kind of in one of those weird. Around. I'm kind of in one of those, uh, you know, kind of like we're talking about one of those little areas, you know, one of those little areas of burnout. Um, you know, uh, this this year for me, or even for us, my you know training partners, running partners, Sean and those guys, um, <clears throat> it's been a really different year because normally we're pretty much, you know, hitting it from, uh, you know, January to to now. Which we have been, but usually, you know, we've done five or six races by this point, you know, 50Ks, 25Ks, you know, marathons, things like that. Um, but with the uh, the Monster and, of course, the Yeti coming up in uh, about six weeks, 
Um, that's been our primary focus. Um, you know, and that's just, those are very, it's a very long window to focus on just two races and then have one kind of down and then another big one coming up. Um, for me, it's a lot different. I'm just different. I'm used to a different pace. And, and so the training has been a lot of the same stuff um, just because we know what, for us what works. Um, so it tends to lead us to the same the same places, the same type runs, the same type terrain. You know, we're going to be running 100 miles on basically, you know, pavement for the most part. So most of our training takes place on pavement. Um, and then a lot of that's, you know, uh, a lot of that's just trying to, you know, get to that, get there without doing something stupid, you know. Um, right. I mean, heck, I apparently tweaked an abdominal muscle Friday. Don't mm. know how, don't know what caused it, just know that it happened. Dude, Here those, I am stuck with it. Those things you know? suck. Like I was saying, I did that literally, what, Friday two weeks ago? So, no, three weeks ago. I dealt with it the entire week yeah. before I went down there. And, you know, with jujitsu, man, you get a ton of core work. Yeah, so, if you right. go in there with a jacked up rib, it's rough. And me right. being an instructor, it's kind of hard for me to set out, especially yeah. whenever it's like a class full of white belts, you know. Yeah. So I kind of protected it for the week before we went to vacation because, you know, first time I broke the ri- or broke a couple ribs, I was on vacation. Right. I caught hell all week because of that. And I was like, man, I'm not going on another vacation yeah. with a jacked up rib, oh, <laughs> especially yeah. not when I'm carrying a little man around mm-hmm. all the time. So I kind of like babied it, didn't let it get messed with. Man, I was rolling this morning. It got fired back up again. Same thing with you. It doesn't really feel, it feels like I bruised a rib head, if that makes sense. Like the edge of the mm-hmm. rib, because I don't feel it in between the ribs, but it's like right where the abdomen wall meets the ribs. So I'm still trying to baby that and everything, but it's just such pain because you can't stretch it out. You yeah. can't massage it because that just makes it hurt worse. Yeah, I'm not real sure. So, like I, I put some, I've been putting Tiger Bomb on there, so it's kind of numb right now. But um, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's a, uh, you know, it, it affected me quite a bit on our, on my long run on Saturday. And then I tried, I went out and ran yesterday and it was just, you know, if I tried to push it any mm. deep breaths were like, oh, that's not cool. Yeah. So I just, for, I mean, pretty much I got, I hit the halfway point and turned around and came back and I was like, I'm not going to push it any harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's the only thing, you know, on the, on the positive note, I've had, you know, I've had cycling on my mind a lot here lately mm-hmm. just because it's something I've done for so long and now I kind of I mean I miss it because I don't do it yeah. I miss the people um, which is a huge part of the, or part of the reason why I don't do it because a lot of the people just kind of I mean everybody's life kind of exploded you know we had yeah. some of the guys moved out of town and you know others got new jobs and so it's just kind of it's like the it's always like the ending of the sandlot, you know, where the kids are playing <laughs> yeah. and they slowly disappear. Yeah. I, I've kind of always looked at it like that because those guys just kind of disappeared and then nothing. Um, mm. So you know, I've kind of looked at maybe this week um, throwing in some cycling just to kind of help mm-hmm. let my abdominal, my ab, whatever you want to call it, core heal mm. a little bit um, and still get in some good endurance leg workout. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's a great idea, man. Anything that you can do to keep you pushing. You know, that's one of the biggest issues that I see, especially with people who have these lofty goals. You know, like whether it's a 100-mile race or whether it's a triathlon or 
anything like that because I don't care how good your training is. I don't care how good your programming is. It is so time-consuming. It's ridiculous. Like, you can't get ready for a 100-mile race by running two, three miles a day. Yeah. You know, you have to put in those long grinding days, and you have to do it consecutively or consistently, excuse me, over a couple of months. I mean, usually, you know, a year or so. People don't just sign up for a hundred miles. Well, I mean, unless you're David Goggins, but yeah. we've had that conversation before. But you know, and that's the thing. It's easy to say, ah, oh, it's you know, three months out. I can just skip today. Yeah. But that turns into, oh, okay, I'm just going to skip another day. You yeah. know, kind of like cheat meals mm-hmm. with people on a straight diet. You know, yeah. one oh, yeah. cheat meal always turns into seven or eight, and then oh hell, I guess me. I'll start over. Like one day, and the next day, I'm like, well, just one Oreo is okay. Yeah, it's yeah. A, like well i mean you got the whole pack and they're then, gonna go bad you know and then it's like an oreo a day or two exactly. oreos a day yep because yeah. he wants to just have one oreo with a whole glass of milk yeah so i mean it's very hard to stay that stay consistent and especially follow the type of plan that y'all were following oh yeah you know because not only did you have the 100 miler but a couple months ago y'all had the 24 hour oh yeah race as well so it isn't like you were just gearing up for one race you had to gear up for a small training race yeah and then the big race afterwards. And we're both like, oh, my God, you know, as we start to ramp our, you know, we're we're in that process of ramping our weeks back up, you know, our long mileage weeks. And, you know, we hit the, like, Saturday, it's like, oh, my God, I really don't want to run 15 miles today. Mm-hmm. It's like, I so don't want to run 15 miles. Let's just do six, you know. I mean, we ended up doing 15. Both of us felt like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got through it, which is, you know, Scheme of things, when you get, you know, we know in the hundred mile, there's gonna be a point where we're gonna be like, I don't do this anymore. This sucks. I feel like crap, and you just gotta push through it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, it does help keep you resilient. Um, and I know, like, you know, just having to overcome stuff. You know, just thinking about this. Hopefully, it's nothing that you know. A few days off, a few days resting, we'll be back to normal. Um, but in the scheme of things, it's made me think what do i need to do to still get my mileage and what i need to do to still get my training all right you can go hop on your bike and you can go do a 40 50 mile bike ride that's going to be a great workout it's going to be a great cardio endurance your legs Mm -hmm. are going to love it it's going to be a little bit you know your knees are going to thank you for it because there's some load you're not pounding them on the pavement and you're still going to get good out of it Um, Mm -hmm. i've always i've always had a lot of luck with running um it, that, that old saying of, you know, uh, cycling help your running, but running doesn't necessarily help your cycling. That um, was what I was going to bring up. Me, you, and uh, I believe Mark mm-hmm. were having that conversation. And yeah. you brought that up. It's like, I, I never really thought about it that way, but I can definitely see it. Yeah. Because cycling, you're still getting the running aspect, but you're spinning a gear. Right. You're not necessarily pounding the pavement, mm-hmm. but whenever you're running, just doing the pavement pounding you're not spinning a gear you're not dealing with upper body control right. you know i mean don't get me wrong you're swinging your arms with your gait but it's much different than moving a handlebar and leaning yeah, you know, your core left and right. right you know your core engagement when you're you know because you don't want to just slump over mm-hmm. your handlebars that's just going to be sloppy you know yeah. control so you're constantly engaging your core um you know lots more turning bending yeah, things like that. No, it involved. makes perfect sense. I just never really yeah, put yeah. two and two together. You know? Now, the one thing I will say that I I feel that running does for your cycling is is when you get into the climbing aspect, it definitely helps with that strength and oh, like climbing. hill sprints. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, when I race cyclocross, I tend to be able to have a little more power input just because I do run. That's mm-hmm. those guys will laugh and say, you know, bikes are bikes are made to ride, not run. 
mm. until you have to get off and run up a hill, you know, an incline like, you know, like that. That's, yeah. you know, 100 feet long with your bike over your shoulder. Yeah. You know, that, that gets to be a little tedious if you don't have any leg strength. So on cyclocross, are you driving, or excuse me, are you driving a multi-gear bike or is it a single speed? Um, There's a single speed uh, division that you can race. Um, so okay. it's either single or, you know, multi. Like seven or whatever they got. Yeah, I mean, um, okay. I mean, 21, I mean, realistically, you got there with a 21 speed, basically. You know, three, it just I mean, seems you so have complicated. A, you can have a, it, and it is like, yeah. It seems like single speed. You just I went mash to, on it and go. I prefer, I like to race single speed. However, that's tough when you're in mud and sand oh, of course. and, yeah. you know, wet, wet grass. Yeah, I mean, but it seems like the multi speed, it just, there's more room for error. There is. And there's more room for malfunction. Yeah, definitely. I you mean, know, like single speed. That chain comes off, you pop it right back on, like, keep moving. I run a, I mean, I just run a single on my front. So mm -hmm. there's only, you know, there's no, the, the problem you get into is when you got multi, multi rings on the front. So you drop from your large ring to your smaller ring. That's when you are prone to drop chains. Yeah. Um, so I get, I just run a single all the time on the front mm -hmm. and just have more gears in the back. That way it's just click, 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 click. All your clicking's on your right. Up and yeah. down, up and down versus oh, okay, trying. Gotcha. That makes um, more sense. Huh? And that way, you're not worried. You don't have to really worry about dropping the chain. Yeah. Um, plus, I just don't want to have to try to remember that crap. And you know. Oh, not only that, and like hitting both of them like same time whenever you're moving yeah, through. If you're those, spinning yeah. in a small chain ring on the front, then you're probably cooked and done. And I mean, I mean, yeah. really, you just don't need that gear. I don't need that gear. I yeah. usually only, realistically, I usually only run about three on the top, the hardest, and two below it. Yeah. That's kind of where, where okay. I'm at. So. That makes sense. <clears throat> but, yeah, man. So, I mean, that's, I'm trying to figure out how I want to put this. So, basically, anytime you get that in-depth into something, it's going to feel like a job. Whether it mm -hmm. is your job or not, it's something that you – have dedicated yourself to you've put it on the calendar you know what's coming up you know the work that needs to be done right but again it's just another facet of finding time to put it in your day yeah. trying to find time to make the time to do it yeah you know absolutely. and not only that but you have to stay consistent with the full plan of everything right. and that comes along with a lot of different things you know like we were talking about even in career so you know like i said i'm a terrible example of this but like with you with your career mm -hmm. if you start getting burnt out at work you kind of mentally get drained for other things. You know, oh, maybe yeah. the training that used to invigorate you and get you ready. And you're just like, oh, man, I'm just, I'm mentally exhausted. I'm just not even going to deal with that today. So oh, that starts yeah, to suffer. Absolutely. So once that starts to suffer, you start feeling bad or you start getting irritated at yourself because, man, I really needed that training session. But work knocked me out of it. So now you're in an ill mood. That ain't going to make work any better. Or That's home. not going to make your home life any better. Yeah. So... And that's it. So once you get burnout in one area of your life, it's easy to cross over in the other two. Right. One of the big things to me is trying to keep everything separate. Mm -hmm. If I'm pissed off at work, then I'm pissed off at work. I'm not pissed off when I'm rolling. Yeah. I'm not pissed off whenever I'm working out myself. And I'm not pissed off when I get home. I leave right. all that stuff at work. And that's my biggest thing. I know a lot of people live for their careers, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to be a career-driven person, mm -hmm. awesome. 
but at the end of the day, don't take that shit home to your spouse. Yeah. Like, don't go home and complain to your wife because something happened to work. Everybody needs a vent every now and then, but there's a huge difference between venting and taking it out on somebody. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I used to be really, really bad for that, and, and I'll straight up admit that. Mm-hmm. I do a lot better, um, but, I, you know, there's still those days where you're just, just whatever it is. And a lot of times it's not because it's – it might be because I left it when I got to work, but when I got home, I'm sitting on the couch and the phone goes off or the email goes off, and it's like oh, that's it just reignites it yeah. or whatever, and then you're just totally when you can't leave the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you go into complete shut shutdown mode, and and that's what I do generally. I shut down at home in order to not be a jerk, but then in the end, you're still being a jerk because I'd say that creates a, a whole jerk. new different set of problems. Yeah. You know, instead of being a Instead of just being a you know a, a jackass, you're just ignoring your family, which is yeah. the same thing as being a jackass. Well, not only that, but any time in a situation when one partner is silent, mm-hmm. the other partner is wondering what's going on. Yeah, they not be may not be asking it, but they're like, okay, something's up. Is it me? Is it work? Is yeah. it training went bad? Like, what's right. what's the fact? Is the truck messed up? Like, what's going yeah, on? They may not know what's going on. Usually, the human mind jumps to the worst case scenario, oh, yeah. which is always always mad at me. That's me. Exactly. Now, my wife, yeah. on the other hand, no. Because mm. she'll flat out tell you she's never wrong anyway. Um, <laughs> so, there's no way in H-E double hockey sticks that it's her. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, she'll always assume it's work. Mm. That's work, isn't it? You know? I mean, it's a smart thing. I mean, she knows you, too. You know, like yeah. my wife, same thing. Whenever we were dating, she thought it was her. After, right. you know, we had dated for several years, she's like, what's going on? Like, yeah. What's up at work? And, and she still, knows, yeah, if it's her, she knows, like, we're going to have that conversation right then. That's one thing that I cannot stand. I'm not a big, I don't nitpick. I don't, like, try to create problems where there's not problems. But yeah. when there is one, be like, hey, this happened. This is how I took it. Yeah. Like, is that what was supposed to be going on or my way off base? What's going on here? I yeah. always try to be as open as possible. Right. Yeah, and I'm just not, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It, it happened. Well, see, like, I'm gone. so... I don't want to talk about it and I ignore the problem with people I don't care about. Yeah. You know, like if it's somebody who I don't respect and I don't like, I'll just ignore them for years. It doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Yeah, but yeah. like me and you, like if you did something pissed me off, I'd be like, hey, that wasn't cool, man. Like that pissed me off. Like we're going to talk about it. You know, like Beber is a perfect example. My jiu-jitsu instructor, Jason Beber, me and him have been trying to kill each other for well over a decade now. Yeah. And we have, fought many times he'll tell you the same thing like we fight like once every couple of months at least but it's literally like hey you're being an asshole right now what's going on what can we do you know if we literally go hands-on with each other and that's fine you know but at the end of the day i do that because i want to fix the relationship with him you know and like guys are like that you know we'll jump each other's shit and we'll go on with our life you know but we fix the problem right then yeah if we're gonna fight cool we're not ignoring this we're hitting this head on yeah, that's true. But, like, you know, other people in my life, I'm like, eh, whatever. That's just that's who he is. That's who I am. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't want him to change. I don't care. I don't yeah. care if he changes or not. Right. You know? So, right. it's to me, it's about the level of respect. So, basically, if me and you have never had an argument, odds are I don't really care about you that much. You've never had an argument. Hmm? We've had many arguments. We've had arguments? Yes. Holy shit. Yes, we have. I didn't realize that. <laughs> that's because we didn't let it come to a head. Oh. We never really got mad at each other. I was like, hey, man, that's not cool. Or you were like... Hey, dude, what's up with this? And I'm like, oh, "Oh, my bad. You know, I don't even remember any of those. How many times have you come in here and like been here 15 minutes? Be like, hey, I said, hey to you. You didn't say nothing back. 
Oh, I'm like, maybe. dude, I said, hey, you didn't hear me. Like, you were going in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Or, well, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, those are. And, like, those aren't arguments, but I'm just right. saying, like, we yeah, bring yeah. that stuff to each other's attention. You're like, hey, yeah, man. Yeah, Sean and I have been down like, that road before. You said, hey, to Caroline, you didn't say, hey, to me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I did. You just didn't hear me. Or, yeah. oh, my bad. I was talking, I was in the middle of a conversation. It's true. My apologies. It's true. Yeah. Like, I have no problem apologizing when I'm wrong, but if you just think I'm wrong, I'm like, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> I throw out those. That is true. I've heard those. Yeah. But that's it. Like, if I care about the person, then yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get past it because I want to get past it. Same thing with me and my wife. Yeah. I don't avoid fights in my life. I don't fight over every little thing. I let yeah, stuff yeah, slide yeah. because it ain't worth the fight. Right. But whenever something comes up, I'm like, cool. Well, we're going to fight about this right now. We're going to yeah. get it out on the table. We're going to get past it. That's because I don't I want there to create a distance between yeah. me and you. I will say with me and, and me and Missy, we have always, and it, it, it's not very often, um, mm-hmm. but we have always, we don't go to bed with it, you know. I mean, even, uh, we've done that a couple times. Even if we, even if we sit there and go through it, and you know, until one thirty in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, it, we're once we get once we lay down, we've finished with it. Yeah. Um, and I don't leave the house, and, and even if we didn't, I'd be sure. The next morning before I left, we had we were okay with it, or we had moved on from it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were in that healing process. Yeah, and um, I mean that's not always a quick process. You know that may always. take a couple of days. Right. You know, but like I said, like I've had a I don't want to say a bunch. I've had a handful of girlfriends in the past that we never fought. Yeah. Because I didn't care. Right. You know, like literally, if they were to pack their bags and leave, be like, oh, okay, well, I'll I'll talk to you later then. And that you know, was I didn't exactly care if they went or not. It's actually funny because that popped up in my Facebook memory thing the other day. Um, I was just talking about how, and and today's you know with with society and today's couples, how easy or how not not to say easy, but how simple it seems to be for people to walk away from relationships, yeah. especially you know you know husband wife relationships. Mm-hmm. Just over some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in you know the world. It's like. At what point do you look back at, you know, the vows that you, you know, made or the promises that you made and go, this really is worth the fight? Mm-hmm. And I mean the fight. Like, some you may have to get in there and get dirty, you know. Yeah. But, you know, these days it's just easy to say, I don't want to fight about it. Heck with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, why did, if it was that simple to get out of, why did you ever get into it to begin with? That's it, man. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's just people pulling the trigger way too early. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you really like the girl? Cool. Well, you know, date for a couple years. Yeah. Make sure it ain't just that little honeymoon phase right. of dating, you know, because that changes, man. But yeah, I've had I mean, so there's, many. There's oh, all kinds of phases of, of marriage. Yeah. You know I mean, and, and I, I, even me, even I've been there where I'm like, oh my God, like, I've been married like 15, 16 years. Is, uh, you know, things change. Yeah, you know, oh, it's not like you said that whole honeymoon phase. Like, yeah, a lot of times you feel like, oh, five years in, we should still be in that honeymoon phase, and mm. you're starting to kind of move from that honeymoon oh, yeah. phase. It's hard, even depending on what your love language is, that kind of muckies up the water too. Yeah, I gotta learn about that stuff. My wife brought that up I'll more you, more than you. a couple of times over the past couple of years. I'll bring you the book. Hmm? It's a good book. No, ain't that like a Facebook quiz or something I can take? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I you can really figure it out really quick. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was about to say, you yeah. know what you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Yeah. And she's told me what she needs. I just honestly haven't put the work into it. Let's put it that I way. I mean, we're t- I mean, like, <laughs> in, in our relationship, man, it's like I'm the chick and she's the guy. I mean, <laughs> I need I need the, the compassion and the, yeah. you know, the tenderness. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't need that. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I got to read more into that. Like I said, my wife's brought it up a couple of times, and I honestly hadn't put the work in to figure that out. Yeah, hers yeah. is more like time. Like, as long as we're, like, in the room together and mm. we're just chilling, mm. that's all she needs. Whereas I, I want to be in the room together, like, all tied up, you know. All night, the cuddle tight. See, I'm a cuddle tight, man. She's yeah. like, no, I, it's, too, it's too hot. I don't, mm. I don't like to cuddle. I get too hot. Same so, sweating. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. But no, and that, you know, like I said, that goes back to the entire passion thing. You know, I've had so many close friends and acquaintances get married and divorced. Mm-hmm. Like since me and my wife have been married, you know, I mean, they'll get married, make it a year, year and a half, and then just get divorced. I'm like, what? what's going on? Like, yeah. y'all have a kid together. You don't want to, like, maybe go see some counseling, maybe. Mm-hmm. See if you can make it work. Like, what happened here? Right. You know, you dated for three years. You got married for a year and a half. Now you are divorced. What's up? And don't get me wrong. I understand that, you know, sometimes you pick the wrong person or sometimes people just grow apart. Yeah. But like I was talking about, to me, I'm like, what could what could have changed this? What could have made this situation better to where the breakup didn't need to happen? Yeah. You know, with me, I kind of, I take it a little bit more personal than most. Because, you know, I grew up in a broken home. I yeah. know what it's like to have one week one parent, yeah. one week the other parent. You know, I've for, been there, done that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. five years of my life, I lived to have a duffel bag. Yeah. Sure, I had bedrooms at both houses. I had dressers at both houses. But I took everything I had back and forth. Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, it sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to lie. As a seven-year-old kid, I was like, I, I don't know where my house is. Yeah. You know, I'm, like, looking at the bus driver, like, where do I get off this week? <laughs> And you know, <laughs> and then you get there, and just to see the yeah the animosity between between parents and everything else, and sometimes they even turned into you know fights and everything else. And you're just sitting there like, oh my god, and yeah. I gotta go home with this person. I mean, that was one of the big things, you know? man. Was whenever the whenever my parents were fighting, it just you know it got bad. But even when it wasn't that bad, I still felt the impact of everything. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. At my age. And, you know, like, I know this is a very common thing, but I felt like it was my fault, you know. Oh, like, yeah. the kid always feels like they did something wrong. Absolutely. Regardless of what your dad says, what your mom says, you pull that on yourself, and you really don't feel comfortable at either house. And you feel like the easiest thing is if you were just gone. Yeah. yeah I was just it, not here. Yeah. So I'll run away, and then they don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Did that one, too. Yeah. Don't go far in Ash County when it's wintertime, though, <laughs> and you're like seven. Yeah, trying no. to run away in the snow. Mm-hmm. It's not smart. No, no, it's not fun. Whatsoever. But I mean, but that ties and that ties directly back into, you know, into your training. Um, just like we're saying, I mean, you you can fall out of love with your training. You can fall out of love with oh yeah, man, what you're doing. Like, man, I'm gonna. I mean, this, this has been tough, you know, and mm-hmm. a big race coming up in six weeks. And I'm just kind of like. <laughs> maybe I make it maybe I don't yeah whatever. I mean you know I'm just yeah. I but, don't know but I mean that's how it goes you know and 
like we were talking about before, you have to treat it like it's a job. If it's something you really want to do, if it's something that where you not only want to be successful at it, but if you want to be competitive at it, every single race matters. Yep. Every meal matters. Yep. Every extra hour of sleep that you can get, every recovery, stretching, all that stuff. And that's what people don't understand whenever they look at this. You know, oh, People yeah. look at a 100-mile race and like, wow, that's long. You must be in great shape. I'm like, yeah, I have to train pretty often to yeah. do it. You know? yeah. Whenever I did my mountain run, it was nowhere near that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it sucked. I didn't yeah. train great for it, but I felt I trained better than the average bear right. for it, you know? Yeah. And it was still just terrible. But once you put it on the calendar, you have to become a slave to the training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, a month ago, a month and a half, two months ago, I mean, it was, I mean, I felt completely different than I do now. I mean, yeah. it was literally, I have to do this today. This yep. is what I have to do today. I have to do the this many miles. To get done. I have to yep. do this many hours on Sunday. Even after I ran 22 miles on Saturday, I got to get two and a half hours in. Got to get, you know, right now I'm like, well, you know, even we're like, yeah. God, I got to run 15 miles a day. Well, I mean, how long am I going to run tomorrow? <laughs> oh, just don't tomorrow. look at it, man. You know, just so, don't look at I it. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's part of it. I mean, it's not the first time I've been here. I mean, I've been here through racing bikes to racing triathlons. I mean, yeah, it's just. I don't want to get I don't want to get in the pool today. My God, if I do another friggin' two miles in the pool, I'm gonna blow my brains out. Or yeah. you know, I really don't want to ride today because it's pouring down rain. I could ride on a trainer, but that would be even worse. So <laughs> I guess I'll go ride in the rain today for three hours. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's I think you know me and even Char in the same same kind of way. I mean, we've talked about it. We've talked about it. we're still very much you know driven and and know preparing for this race i think maybe we're kind of going into it um uh with that mindset of you know we're we're gonna do whatever we gotta do to finish it exactly um uh and and move on um but i think we're both starting to kind of feel that you know it's been a long training season i mean we're both we're both like a little over 1100 miles for the year (laughs) Almost twelve hundred. That's um, crazy. Which you know, this time I mean, we did we ticked over a thousand in December of last year. So we're we're quite a few months ahead um, yeah. with mileage. And I'm you know that, that doesn't to some people they're they've got two thousand miles in already. Hey, mm. I, I get that. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's some people who don't have a mile in yet. Right. You know, right. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you got to look at the whole spectrum. Yeah. You can't just so, look above yourself. So you know. Uh, I mean, considering you know our obligations and our jobs, you know, there's there's a lot that gets put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's been a long year. Yeah, there really is. And uh, Jocko has um, one quote I got off of his podcast that I absolutely loved, and he was talking more about like jujitsu and resistance training. But I think it applies for everything. Yeah. He said, if you feel like you need a day off, don't take the day off. Right. Go to the gym, get the class in, get the mat in. Mm-hmm. After that. If you feel like you need a day off, take tomorrow off. Right. If you wake up in the morning and you're like, eh, my head just ain't in it today, go anyways. Right. You know, let the class run itself. Let the weights move themselves. But take that day and really think about whether you need a day off or whether you're just being weak. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it. it's And don't like, get me wrong, like, you know, especially with us, because we do have so many different training days a week. Oh, yeah. It's, 
a it's easy to skip one and be like oh, i'll be fine i'll make up the work right. but b it's also very easy to get hard on yourself like man i should not have skipped that day right that's terrible and you wake up the next day and you're like i skipped yesterday i should not have i feel perfectly and fine that's how i that's generally what happens to me yeah. um like it's it's almost an immediate regret if i skip yeah and um, you can't go back and do it no you can always no. do the work and then rest later mm-hmm. you know but you can't skip the workout and then go back and do it. Right. You know, time moves one way. You yeah. don't want to let that outrun you because, like I said before, it's easy to wake up more and be like, man, I don't feel like going to class today. I don't even want to put my gi on. Yeah. And then you skip it and you're like, I really needed that. You know, I needed that mental push that that class would have gave me. Right. Every single class that I tell myself I don't want to go today and I still put my gi on or I put my no gi uh training stuff on and i get on the mat every single time without a single fail every single time i felt great for doing that oh yeah it's been one of my best training sessions because i mentally didn't want to do it i stepped on the mats and my class just took over for me i can't think of one time that even when i got up and it was like cold and raining Mm. where i you know i sat there with a hot cup of coffee in front of the fireplace and went screw this man it's like (laughs) 37 degrees outside and pouring rain i'm not doing this today yep but then i was like nope you're gonna go do it mm-hmm. and you get out there and it's like it's the one of the best runs you've had like, yep. you know and you're, i mean you know you're cold and wet when you're done but that's it you go home you hop in a hot shower you get out get another cup of coffee in front of the fireplace and you feel oh, like oh my god I just, best shower you ever I took just right killed there. one of the hardest runs i've had in weeks um and that's kind of what I'm looking at, like, right now. Like, I know even with the running, I feel like if I get up and I'm like, man, I really just don't feel like getting this running today. But I might go hop on my bike and go, you know, pedal 60 miles. Mm. Okay. Well, at the end, I'm going to feel trashed one way or yeah. another. Change of gears. And accomplished. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of, like, what I'm looking at to try to kind of work through some of the monotony right now is just, like, okay, I, you know, I hit one of my good friends up that I've always biked with, and I'm like, hey, on Sundays, I'm going to start getting up and getting out on the bike. Like I said, you know, Saturday's my long run. Sunday's supposed to be a run, but if I go out and do three hours on the bike, I'm going to be more than, you know, mm-hmm. happy. Um, and he's like, yeah, let's definitely do that. I've been, you know, been missing riding. So I'm like, okay, shoot, man, next Sunday we're in, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to throwing my gear on and, and going and pedaling up a mountain or wherever we decide to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, it just kind of reinvigorates um, your training and just, you know, just one, more, one more, you know, one more tool in the tool belt. Yeah, definitely. All right, brother, that's all we got for today. That's all the time we got. That's not all yeah. the topic we got on this. Like I said, we've been doing this so long. I've yeah. been, I've <laughs> burned out probably a hundred times oh, in my yeah. training career. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've, you know, some tactics work, some don't. But one thing that always works is maintain consistency. Mm-hmm. And that's with every aspect of life. Yeah, every aspect. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be talking to you soon. Bye.